change must become a process or else it becomes an event led me to think about this Winston Churchill quote that most men stumble across the truth, but most of them pick themselves up, dust themselves off and move on like nothing ever happened. What I'm saying is there are moments in your life where you are hit by the truth and you need to take action. So today on the anatomy of therapy, we're talking about how to rebuild yourself and why you need to start now. But first and foremost, before we get into that, welcome to the anatomy of therapy. I'm Dr. John Sobolski here with Dr. Bobby Riley uh, in the endless summer of Iceland. What's up, man? What's going on? Not much. Uh, yeah, it's getting a little darker a little sooner. So the oh, endless summer true. will eventually end. Yeah. But no, we were talking about change as a process, stumbling across truth, start rebuilding yourself now. And Bobby, kind of, you brought this up. So how do you want to jump into this? What, why should we start now? What's the deal? Well, you know, you and I are always just shooting ideas back and forth uh mm. on text or a call quick call and mm. you send me this you know this winston churchill quote which has happened to hit me at the same time that i was kind of on a run thinking uh, about this idea that we really it really really has consequences uh to wait to wait mm. to change things you know what mm. i mean and uh, and i'm sure we can apply this across life whether it's to change relationships uh, with family members or with spouses, with, to change, uh, you know, your your attitude towards things, your, your organizational skills. But I'm particularly, you know, what what we're in the business of trying to do is think about um, movement and healthcare and, and 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 activity and you know these kind of things. And and it was really like that that quote hit me where, you know, people get the truth. And they get it in small doses in first, like what you said about process versus an event. Mm -hmm. the, they get these small doses of the truth throughout life. You know, often we get mm -hmm. these little glimpses, you know, your, 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 your father gets a, a small heart attack, but it's all, but it's all okay. You know, mm -hmm. and, and maybe things change, but m most of the time they don't, you know, and, and for your personal body, it might be, you know, you're just starting to get this hip pain or you, you had to stop running because your feet kind of hurt now. And, you're, you know, you kind of stopped with sports and you try to get back into it kind of hurt. You used to bench press a lot, but now that hurts too. So now you use the machine press, which is boring. Now you're thinking about just giving up training altogether because who likes the machine press? And these, these are little, these are little teeny events that are giving you small truths until you have the event, which John was hinting at, which is boom, you, you, you know, you tear the peck off the bone or you completely have a degenerated hip and you can no longer do anything without a hip replacement. Um, we can go on and on about the sequelae of, you know, delaying, uh, working on these things, but from, you know, low back pain that becomes chronic low back pain, which becomes debil debilitating low back pain. Mm -hmm. And, and we had signs, you know, you had signs early on these little truths, and, you know, dusting yourself off and keep going in the same direction is that kind of idea that's gets most people in trouble. It's got me in trouble. It's got a lot of people in trouble. And I think trying to, you know, often I tell patients like when they're, when I'm discharging them and I tell them like, Hey, like your body usually whispers, uh, problems at first, you know, you get right. done with training and you don't know why, but just one hamstring is extremely tight compared to the other one. Okay. That's a, there's no pain yet. There's no injury, but that's, that's whispering. And, and I'm like, you have to take those things seriously. And I feel mm -hmm. like these, these little whispers, this is the thing where, 
if we can start to, I don't know, uh, find a way to, to, to really place enough meaning behind these small truths, you can have a much better future. And I think that's kind of what I wanted to yeah, emphasize in this podcast. No, I get that. I, I think a lot of people in terms of like, you're talking about how a little thing happens here, a little thing happens there. I, I walked for a really long time. I finally got out of uh, lockdown and we, the family went out to a party, went out to a thing. And I've been, I was just on my feet all day and my feet started to hurt. And I think these little events happen in people's lives. Uh, it reminded me of like a, a Virgil quote where he said like, uh, small breezes are signs of a coming storm. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, Virgil says stuff really nicely, but, but I mean, these little things happen where people also assume though, that, uh, you know, if my foot hurts a little bit after being up on it all day at the family barbecue, that now I've got uh, a bone spur in my heel and I need to go get pads. But really, I think the instinct is to create protective measures. I think for whatever reason, they're like, I want to make sure that I'm safe. I want to make sure that I'm okay. And I think one of the things that we want to get across is that you are okay and you don't have to further insulate your body. Rather, you kind of need to start and begin to expose your body to certain things to protect it from the coming storm because the storm will come, uh, but you need to start to protect it. So I was just thinking, yeah, cats all over my house. I was just thinking when these things happen again. So we have these things, they start to get, someone told me that there were only two real fears that are built into us. And that is the fear of falling and of loud noises. All other fears that we have are beliefs that we've developed somehow, rightly or wrongly, mostly to protect ourselves. But the only true fears that are like genetically built in, because most people are like, I'm afraid of hurting my back. Okay, I understand. No one wants to hurt their back. Of course, you, you should want to protect your back. Um, but that it seems that when people say that their motivation is like, I don't want to expose it my back. I don't want to expose my knees to anything because they are brittle and fragile. For whatever reason, the instinct seems to go that way. Um, rather than how do I rebuild myself? How do I protect myself? Is that what you're kind of getting at? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, that's a solid point. I mean, that's that's a cultural or a mental shift that mm. needs to occur. And I mean, on the last episode, you mentioned this this opioid crisis analogy mm. and that idea of, you know, quick pleasure or six minute abs or, you know, some kind of a pill that you take where you get shredded abs or a beach body or whatever it is, right? Right, right. Like, Amphetamines. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this idea that everything that, you know, we have this just easy solution for things where there's got to be a shift somewhere that in the, in, you know, in, in the culture or in the mind that says like, you know, that this, that there's something to build on that we have, that you have to do yourself internally, like an internal load versus, you know, always having somebody externally solve the problem for you, or whether it's a pad for your shoe or a therapist, stuff like right. that. And, and and I think that's kind of what you and I are, you know, this we're kind of stand for in this, this, uh, you know, this concept of rebuild yourself that we are, you know, trying to get out there, which is, is this exact, you know, the idea of not being passive in, in, in this aspect of things. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So, I mean, 
I think that's kind of why people don't want to rebuild themselves. They're a little bit scared. They have uh, an idea of their body. Like what, what do you think stops Do you, what do you think that stops people from, from wanting to rebuild themselves? Like, why do they have, why do they feel like their knee hurts or, and then, or their back hurts and they don't want to. Do I, I honestly else? just think the general public doesn't know that they can rebuild these things. Mm, that's a good point. You know what I mean? I just yeah. feel like they kind of feel like they've had this attribute. Like I could jump now. I can't I, like I've lost mm. it. It's not. Uh, and I do think it, it, there's also a type of person that you, you kind of learn this concept of like step-by-step step, uh, achieving a goal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like right. you know, this, this idea is if you took all the money away from all the wealthiest people in the world, like within five years, they'd all have it back. And right. it's like, why would they all have it back again? It's like, well, because they know the principles and the, and the rule they've, they've already won the game. They know how it works and they'll just mm-hmm. do it again. They, they just know how to put the, put the work in. They know how the society works. They, they know. And I feel like there's people that, that honestly don't know that you can goal set and you can take steps to it. Like, obviously they know they can set a goal, but if they've never taken steps to achieve kind of a grandiose goal and saw that with like effort over time, you could accomplish X. Mm-hmm. I think those people are, there's zero chance that they're going to know how to do that by themselves with their own body. Right. <laughs> and yeah. that's why I said in the last episode, it pissed me off when therapists don't help people try to understand that they can do that. And they right. tend to say, you just need to depend on me to fix you. I, I don't like that idea. Yeah. Acute right. pain, sure, but not rebuild yourself. That's something that you have to, you have to get the person in front of you to understand that that is their responsibility. Although you can be their Sherpa. I Yeah, I agree with that. One of the things that's an interesting thing to say, I wonder, like, that's obviously my mentality. And, and I think you and I share this because perhaps we were both athletes uh, in our, in a former life where on the athletic level of life, you will see people with skills. Let's say they can shoot a free throw and perhaps you've found a skill that you've liked, you would like to develop and you worked on it and worked on it and worked on it. And then you found that, Oh, Hey, if I shoot a bunch of free throws, I can get better at shooting free throws and you accomplish this kind of physical task. And I don't, I mean, I know that there are athletes, of course, that listen to this. I have people that think that there are athletes and want to listen to this, but one of the premises of an athlete is that I was thinking about this actually on a run the other day, that your body's a lot more like stretch Armstrong than you think it is. Um, stretch Armstrong, for those of you who don't know, is this old toy. He's kind of this gummy type of toy. You can like pull his arms and legs and his torso out and he slowly kind of comes back. Now, I think it was a... Uh, Epictetus or Epicurus, I always mix up the two, talked about how the ancient Greeks basically believed that the human body was a very special kind of clay and that it could be molded. It was a very slow process, but that the stresses and and, and pressures that you put on the body would in fact shape it. And so the ancient Greeks obviously idolized the human body and there we have great statues and wonderful art because of all that, but it, it underlies this belief and they didn't have the science behind it. They're like, the body is, it's just a special clay. And they noticed if they sat on a chair for a long time, let's just say a folding chair with like uh, a weaving pattern across it, you would get up and on the bottom of your legs would be this mesh thing kind of dug into your skin. Right. And they're like, okay, Let's move on from that. We, we understand that happens to the skin. What happens to the stuff underneath it? 
Okay. Got it. So the body is like this stretch, stretch Armstrong thing where as you put load into it, it does start to adapt. And I know it's kind of a silly example. And the, the Greek thing is also kind of a little bit too philosophical example, but your bodies actually are like this. It does take a little bit more time and uh, prepared a process to kind of go after and to change your body. But we see it happen in a deleterious way. Like if you sit on the couch, your body will get used to uh, Dr. Pepper and fire Cheetos. This nurse that I used to hang out with in our old, uh, my old practice in Austin, she would have fire Cheetos, lemon fire Cheetos and Dr. Pepper for lunch every day. And she's like, that is my favorite thing in the world. I love it. And I'm and like, your, your body will change to it. Like if you're a smoker and you never drink water, your skin will mold to it. Like your body is changing right now, whatever you're doing, there's a great saying, whatever you're doing, you're getting better at. And I think Bobby's point here is let's start getting better at things that matter. Yeah. Okay. And, and, yeah. And exactly hundred percent. And I'm, my other point would be that there is a upside down hourglass of, of sand and it is pouring downward. Uh, it, it is, it is running yeah. out and entropy. And that's the kind of thing I wanted to emphasize is that like, you know, in the clinic, we see things that, that make it so like, for example, if you, if you have somebody with hip pain, or a femoral task, like a FA impingement of the hip yeah. and a 15 year old. And then you have somebody who's 60 year old with the same issue. And if they're going to mm -hmm. do the same homework, you know, who do you, who do you think is going to have the better outcome? The kid. Yeah. The kid. Okay. Yeah. And for sure. So every year, every moment, every decade, you know, everything becomes harder. And we know this, you know, we, we, we lose energy, right. we lose strength, we lose testosterone, we lose bone density, we lose these things over time. Um, and some of them you can get back. And that is what we're, you know, that's what we're here for. That is what we stand for is trying to get these things back. Um, but there's some things that just don't come back at some point, you know, if you, right. if you get enough angulation of your big toe over over enough time and the bone actually adapts to that position, you can no longer get it straight. It's called a bunion. You can no longer straighten uh, hallux valgus without surgery or without maybe the rock pulling on it. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, it's not going to be good. It's not going to mm -hmm. be good. So some of these things, like your, your hip joint, is slowly, you know, closing in, it's losing space until someday you just have zero internal rotation and you get referred to the orthopedist, you know, and they talk about when your hip replacement is going to be. So, right. and some of these things, okay, if it runs in your family and it's going to happen at some point, then your goal is maybe to delay it. But for most people it's, you know, and, and sometimes the genetic thing is, is an excuse to be honest. Uh, I, I know it's a fair excuse, but it can be used too much as an excuse because, uh, it, it means you're more likely to have something happen. It doesn't mean it has to occur. So, but the thing is, is once, yeah. once you hit this point, this kind of, you hit the event horizon, uh, things are over at that point. Like you're falling in the black hole whether, whether you want to or not. So the idea is, uh, you know, and, and if you're 55 and I just use that example, uh, you can say, well, crap, I'm, I'm old now, but it, it, I'm not going to be able to, uh, get my hip as repaired as the 15 year old. No, but you, you can, you'd be surprised what you can accomplish 
with it. You know, it's the same thing. If you, if if you had Dave Ramsey, just sitting by you all day and and, and giving you information on economics, I'm sure your bank account and your, your, your equity and your whole, your whole line of credit will be look a lot better after, after a year, you know, and that, that's our job. And yeah, that's you, who you surround yourself with, of course, and the ideas of physical health that you have in your mind, which are often not necessarily genetic, but like your, your parents, you think, you know, you're, you are your parents' children and you're like, I'm going, if you haven't learned anything else, you're like, I'm going to end up like that guy. I'm going to end up like that gal. You know what I mean? That's kind of, unless you kind of have a different model of how your body works and hopefully we can give you something like that. Uh, here in these podcasts. But one of the other things I was going to say, you were talking about the immediacy of like getting going and, you know, the 55 year old versus the 15 year old. Um, I happen to know because our Instagram analytics tell us there's plenty of 20, 30 and 40 year olds that are listening to this. And I know for a fact in your twenties and thirties, and for sure, even your early forties, like there is room to grow. There is room to change. I, I think about that. Dan John says, whatever body you have at the end of your thirties, that's probably the body that you're going to have moving forward. Um, Cause like you said, the, the, the effects of entropy, it's not when you hit 40 or over the hill, plenty of people have reinvented themselves after 40. Plenty of people have reinvented themselves after the fifties. Colonel Sanders didn't start KFC until he was 62. You can change things in incremental and serious ways. There are, of course, like Bobby was talking about, like if your joint, your, your hip joint needs to be replaced or there are certain things that happen, but there are ways to change it, especially for most of our listeners in the thirties, like, Hey, this is the decade. If you're in your twenties, okay, you've got a little bit of time, but start, go ahead and get on it. Um, I think that's the time. But again, I don't want to display people in their 40s and 50s. Hmm. Uh, I know we've got a, a lot of people in their 60s who listen to this podcast. What up, boomers? Uh, thank you for everything you've done. But well, starting have, now. So yeah. you say, what's the what's the biggest thing that they, what's the most effective thing that they could do with their time is the way you can. Here we go. You know, because like my dad, yeah. who has quite a bit of a thoracic kyphosis was like, hey, can you like fix this? You're a chiropractor. And, I'm, and I say, absolutely not. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, right, that, right. that's all you that's, 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 you know, you're stuck with that one. But my dad lost, right. uh, 80 pounds since his 65th birthday. So in the that's past, right. or wow. yeah, maybe even 66th birthday. And so in the last couple of years, he's lost 80 pounds. And, uh, and yeah. that I guarantee is going to have a much bigger effect on anything in his health than mm-hmm. the, the aesthetics or even the biomechanics of being a little bit too hunched over in his mid spine. That's not going to be great. Maybe he's going to have a little pain he deals with, but it's just nothing compared to what the positive effects of losing 80 pounds can do in your, in your mid sixties. So it's like, yeah, 100%. you, maybe you can't clean and jerk 200 kilos anymore, but, uh, but uh, what can you do? And, and, and I, and I can't emphasize this enough. Like you can start with this. I think you have to have, especially those people that don't know how to do that goal setting and check it off. Like we talked about is you have to get these small wins. You have to get, Mm -hmm. it's not like lose 30 pounds is first goal. Number one. And then like the first sign that for whatever reason, your water weight, you go up a pound and you just throw the whole thing out. Uh, You have to hit these things that give you the understanding that like, Hey, I said I was going to do this and I'm there. Now I set the next goal, right? Mm-hmm. So if if one of them is just do the 100 reps that we put on the Instagram uh, of uh, 
of the one that John, you know, put up in the last few weeks, one of those, just, just try it. And, and that's just a start. And that, that's just getting your foot in the door. You can, we can talk about a million ways that you can set these goals, but one of the reasons, you know, I kept reading all the comments underneath your video or your exercise yeah. and it's like, do I need to do a, exactly a hundred? Can I do 50 per leg? Uh, is it, what if I can't do a hundred? Uh, do I not do it at all? And I think the idea was just like, Hey, try it, <laughs> see how you feel, actually do whatever you can and try it every day for a while and see what happens, you know? And so the thing could be first, just, just do it because you might experience like, yeah. Hey, I haven't felt like my hip and I don't know, like my, since the last 20 years. And right. So I just feel weird. I feel a little bit different now when I walk after I did that. And, and that's sure. just, that's, that's the basic goal. And then you can take steps forward from there and you'd be surprised what maybe doing that every day, uh, yields. Yeah, dude, the, the comment section is interesting on those. Whenever you get, I mean, uh, I don't know, the algorithm loves us for whatever special reason, but there's a, a lot of people that comment. It's impossible to keep up with the comments. And I'm sorry if you've commented and we haven't been able to get back to you. It's literally impossible to keep up. But some of the comments, a good deal of the comments are also, hey, uh, I have a L4, L5 bulging disc. Is this good for that? And what I've responded to and various things, I, I have this, I have that. Is this good for this? Is this good for that? My response is always try it and tell you tell me like, I, I don't know, man, because a lot of times those diagnoses come with different functional deficits. So go try it. I mean, there are, I know that people think in terms of movement and exercise and rehab, like, I don't want to do the wrong thing. You're not as fragile as you think. Most of the exercises that I put up on the thing are meant for a wide variety of people. That's why I have do a hundred reps, all of those exercises. And if they hurt you, then stop. No one is forcing you to do them. Give them a shot, try them out. And if they help you, great. And if you want to know a little bit more about why, why they're working that way, then listen to these podcasts, listen to our blog that we have out, come out. But most people don't really want to know the minutia of like anterior pelvic tilt and why femoral internal rotation and abduction actually is good to inhibit the hip flexor and turn off the QL on the opposite side. No one cares. Just do the exercise and do you feel better? And if you don't, you don't have to do it. I love when people are like, so this is going to, the comments are great, man. First of all, you just kind of get a little bit numb to like all the silly things that people say, uh, but they're like, will this fix this? And I'm like, it probably won't fix it, but if you don't try, you're not going to find out. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think people need to learn, look, there's a lot of great research out there these days, but I think at the end of the day, you kind of have to trust your gut. And if you know that you're like, and you're like, maybe I should go for a little walk today. It, it, speaking with diets and stuff, I'm not a diet guy. I don't know anything about diet. Go listen to Mark Bell. Like, uh, but most of the time, if you listen to your gut, you know, you shouldn't eat that pack of Skittles. You know that that extra Snicker bar is not good. And that that third soda of the day or that sixth beer of the day, you, you kind of know that you probably shouldn't eat it. Like if you listen to yourself and you were, you were true to yourself, you know what you should do, probably what you shouldn't do. That's a great start. Like there are plenty of rules of exercise and diet that you can follow, but, but first listen to that little scratchy thing inside your gut. That's like, ah, maybe I should put my phone down and go read before bed, you know, and get a good night's sleep, have another glass of water. That is my first advice. Listen to yourself. 
yeah, yeah. And rant I'll, over. Yeah. And maybe <laughs> to end and end on that great rant, uh, piggyback off of it, I should say. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I often use this line like that, uh, action is the antidote to suffering. Mm. And, and, and in this case, if you try something, which would be the action is the only way that you get feedback about yourself. So whether it's trying the Atkins diet or it's trying these hundred repetitions against the wall for your hip, but mm -hmm. what, if you never do it, you don't, you don't actually, you're, you're getting no feedback about your own body. What if you try it and you go, Ooh, that actually hurts my hip a lot to do this. Then the comments should say like, Hey, is it normal to hurt a lot in the hip when I do this? Right. And if we respond, it's going to be uh, no, that's <laughs> not normal. Uh, you might want to go to a local therapist, have them check it out. Or you go like, Whoa, the left one is way tighter than the right one. And I didn't know that. And actually I always noticed that, you know, when I run, I got one part of my low back that kind of hurts. And the other side always feels just perfect. You, you're, mm -hmm. You can sometimes, actually, if you're very knowledgeable and very observant, you will always know more about yourself than your therapist or your chiropractor or your, whoever it is, because Absolutely. especially if you pay attention and you try things, whether it's, whether it's modifying your diet and seeing how do you feel, somebody could tell you, you have to eat mm -hmm. carnivore, but if you feel awful and you can't poop afterwards, well, then you have a problem. It doesn't matter that they told you Truly. to do it you get feedback from that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think that's why sometimes it's really, you know, we say it's easy to work with athletes. It's not always easy because athletes have this great <laughs> attributes about their themselves. It's that sometimes you say like, Hey, can you feel this? And they go, yeah, like I know how to feel. Oh, you mean feel that? Yeah, no problem. It's because mm -hmm. they've been doing this their whole life. This idea of like, well, I, I couldn't land that kick flip. Let me try it again. Oh, I kicked too far down. Let me kick, kick it out. And then they get this feedback yeah. and then all of a sudden they land a kick flip and you're like, Oh, mm -hmm. uh, they, they understand that process. So yeah. when you go to the gym and you start lifting, you know, we've all seen the beginner lifter and, and they're just, do, I mean, I just saw a guy that must've watched a Mark Bell video, the one where you do a side raise with a cable, right? Like a lateral uh -huh. raise, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you hold yeah, onto the it. pole and you lean 45 degrees away from the pole. Yeah, so that yeah. way you get like a longer pull on the, on the lat raise. So he yeah, must've watched it. Mark Bell do it. And he must've watched how much he was doing. Cause the kid was trying to do the same thing. And like every part of me just hurt watching him. I'm like, I mean, he's yeah. probably going to tear his supraspinatus. I'm pretty sure his elbows hurting right now. He's, he's lifting yeah. it with his trap. And uh, yeah. So anyway, you see these like baby deers in the gym and they, they don't, no, because they haven't got enough feedback. So yeah, long rant to say like, try stuff. And that's how you get feedback. That's how you get yeah. feedback, right? Absolutely, man. If you do not change where you're going, you'll end up where you're headed. Thank you all so much for listening to the Anatomy of Therapy today. Please leave a comment below, like, review, tell a person and trust yourself, y'all. Go try something new this week. Uh, go try those exercises that we posted. Uh, and let us know how you did. Let us know the difference between the left and the right. They're meant to give you feedback. Thank you all so much for listening. See you all next week. Peace. Thanks.